Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. This is your girl AJ, the Suburban Princess. Now that officially I have seen the replay of the Eagles' loss versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, I have to say, compared to all the past four games, this fifth game was actually not as bad as the result obviously showed. With the score being, what, 38-29, to 29, and as many times as linebackers and corners basically looked bunched in one area and not protecting the obvious area where Chase Claypool decided to run through, it wasn't a bad game. I have to have to say, I even have to say that I think even Carson Wentz stepped up as much as he could, um, considering he had two picks, but he also had two touchdowns. So, and knowing that him and Miles Sanders were connecting, and especially him and Travis Fulgham, undrafted uh, wide receiver, was making the most of what was lacking between him and Hightower and him and Ertz. Now, Hightower did get the two-point conversion, so I'll I'll let it go. But he also let two deep passes go right through his hands, or either Carson overthrew him and he wasn't able to make it. But either way, Hightower still has some work. Um, he has a lot of potential, but like any rookie, if you're still learning your routes or still learning to kind of feel the vibe of how Carson is throwing, it's going to take a couple more games. Um, by then... We may see the return of some vets like Deshaun or Alshon. We may not see them at the same time, though, which is fine with me because knowing that these both once spectacular wide receivers um, have been taking most of their rehab trying to get back into the game, and whereas Deshaun must not know um, about his aging hamstrings as much as he thinks he does because he has been out and only has maybe played two or three two games at the most in his year and a half back in the nest. He has been a disappointment. I know he's not going to stay next season, but at the same time, I don't know if he'll retire either, but he may decide that it may not be worth it to even try to play for another team at this point. I, for one, am still always going to be a Deshaun cheer, but I, I feel like I am, or cheerleader, should I say, I just feel like at this point it's obvious that his time has passed, his window has passed, and knowing that he didn't get the surgery he thought he didn't need last season, it just seems like a waste now to even get your hopes up thinking he's going to be in the fold after this season finally wraps. Now, mind you, this season might get extra extended due to the fact that there's already been some scares within other teams as far as COVID, and it doesn't look like it's going to really be Um, a quick 16 or 17 game season. There might be longer seasons for some, shorter seasons for others, and it may affect next year because it's already been rumored or I guess announced today that there will be no Pro Bowl. Not that anybody really cares because the Pro Bowl was really just an exhibition for all those players who didn't make the Super Bowl. But at this point, it's kind of broken tradition where it used to be in Hawaii and it used to be a lot of, uh, you know, extracurricular um, different activities that they would do. And in the era of COVID, in the era of this election cycle and all the bad press and all the tension with uh, Black Lives Matter and the other rival 
vigilante news and groups that are gathering, it doesn't really seem like there's really a care or a need for a Pro Bowl. So I don't think that's really a loss. Um, I only enjoyed it when it was in Hawaii because it was just something else to watch when your team wasn't in the Super Bowl. But now it's like, who cares? At this point, I think everything after this year is going to be either completely shaved down to a minimum or it's just going to be totally tossed. There's a lot of excessive things that we've enjoyed in the escapism that used to be sports. And now it's kind of crossed paths with real life. So it just seems like there's no real need to add any other fantasy to it because it's pretty much gone. (laughs) Pretty much the reality of sports now is we're not going to just look at these players as just players. We're going to accept the fact that they're either going to be good for a long time and games will be exciting or nothing. And I think the true fans are still trying to find, like myself, any kind of glimpse of hope, of positivity or excitement in every game that's aired, even if it's not even your favorite team. I found myself watching the Tuesday night game between uh, Buffalo and the Titans, Tennessee Titans, and it actually ended up shocking me that the Buffalo uh, Buffalo Bills had played so badly because both had had a delayed game, so they had time. But the Titans seemed to play even better than Buffalo, who um, had more than enough time apparently uh, within a bye to recover from that long extra break. And it looked like it might have been too much time because Josh Allen was all over the place, even though he still has a very monster arm. Um, He was overthrowing people like crazy, and it didn't seem like he was on the same page a lot with his wide receivers. Um, And the defense was just pretty much just letting the Titans run them. So at that point, uh, Tannehill definitely won that battle, but it was a Tuesday night game. It was a weird night, but it also might give another look to switching up from Tuesday, from Thursday night to have Tuesday night football after Monday night, because at least that way it's back to back. But you never know. These days, there's a lot of things starting to get uh, late, uh, cut down, and laid off. They just laid off another uh, famous uh, staff on the Phillies uh, TV staff, Jim Jackson. So there might be a lot of different looks for uh, 2021 professional sports. It might be you know, one less broadcaster that you like, or one less special, um, I don't know, special bit on the broadcast that we normally like to watch to distract us. There might just be a straight game, you know, you might not have too many frills and, you know, glitz anymore because it's just going to be hard for the budget for a lot of these, um, supposedly billion dollar entities uh, that air some of these games. So, it might have more of a naked look next year, I think, that, which is probably good because sports need to really get to the point anyway because besides the NFL, which refuses to die down on the uh, frivolity, um, the other sports can't afford to really luxuriate like they used to. So if it comes down to it that we kind of skip a lot of formalities in baseball and, you know, hockey and the NFL, which I'm sure would be the last to even bend on that, um, the more the better because it'll probably make scheduling for TV uh, time even easier because it'll be shorter and there'll just be less distraction. You can just get right to the game and there won't be a need to uh, pay for all this ridiculous hubbub. I mean, the Super Bowl may not even really be that exciting next year because with everything fallout from the whatever happens in the results of the election, 
um, it may carry on to how these networks decide to play up the Super Bowl excitement. It may just end up being kind of the month before that they decide to start beefing up that kind of propaganda. Whereas normally they would hype you up like around Christmas time because it would get you all excited. But does anyone really care about any of that stuff? I know as an Eagles fan, I think we're, we've been more disappointed with the beginning of this season with our team per se than the NFL as a whole. But nothing really sucked the life out of being excited for the Eagles more than the draft. And, you know, if I go there, I'm just going to talk another 10 minutes and I don't want to waste too much of my time with this. But Pittsburgh just basically was a game where you kind of just saw that there's definitely a mentality, which I agree with watching the replay of the postgame show on NBC Sports Philly that uh, Seth Joyner spoke about because there is something that's going through Jim Schwartz's mind that's not really translating no matter what group of men he has um even with Malcolm Jenkins gone there were still some errors even when Malcolm Jenkins was there so I don't know if it's just the overall strategy that he has for these cornerbacks as well as the the linebackers I just personally think that if Jim Swartz wants to have any of the same predictable things to happen that seem to bubble up again in in post-game analysis he needs to just switch up the whole roster he needs to just start using the players that are eager to play even if they have no quote-unquote discipline to play it as long as they got the legs as long as they got the stamina put them in there I for one know that whatever the reason that Chase Claypool had four touchdowns on this defense it definitely needs to be cleaned up with the Ravens because the Ravens have tons of weapons whether or not they feel like Lamar is going to be 100% Lamar come Sunday he will be 100% 100% Lamar because he'll be motivated knowing that he's not at home because it'll be the first home game with fans this Sunday so I think that the hype of him trying to prove everybody that he can handle it whether or not his knee is jacked up or what um, knowing that most of his young career has been running I'm sure his knee is probably going to be aggravated at some point so I don't think it's going to deter him, but I know he's also working on trying not to be that one-dimensional quarterback. So I think that (laughs) what better time than to test out his arm and to test out his staying in the pocket more than against the Eagles, because it seems like every week the Eagles have allowed teams that have mediocre uh, players look like stars because we have a mentality there is a mentality on that defense with Jim Schwartz that has not changed and unfortunately it is making fools of a lot of these players that normally play okay but now they look really out of sorts and either he's not putting them in the right places or some of these guys that left have really exposed the gap that is this defense um d-back core so Now, the front four seems to be okay, but with Fletcher Cox kind of getting binged and banged, you know, here and there, you kind of wonder if he's lost his edge or is the fact that Vinny Curry is not there or is the fact that, I don't know, maybe with Jannard Avery back and maybe with Malik Jackson back, maybe Fletch isn't working as hard because he has more help. I don't know. But the point is, they're not getting to the super, to the uh, sack the quarterback as much as they used to. I think they only touched Big Ben once, and then after that, he figured it out and got out of the pocket and was able to, you know, throw dimes left and right to all his uh, 
well mostly chase let's be real it was mostly the chase claypool show but he did get it to his running back and um i'm sure there was another person that i think that caught a touchdown too but miles got his time on the eagle side and and for most of the part most of the game i think that pretty much carson um was only maybe pressured a lot because once or twice besides throwing the obvious picks him and Zach weren't on the same page so I think that was a result of that and then I also think there were just throws where he was pinned in in, uh, the Steelers end zone that just didn't give him enough leeway to throw fully like he wanted to because if he wasn't getting uh if the pocket wasn't collapsing he was taking a sack so and that's been the way it's been all season so it's I can't even get mad at him anymore for that because I realized I think we all realized after the second week second or third game um, that Carson's going to be what Carson's going to be. And it may or may not translate to a Super Bowl, but as defeating as that felt as a fan, you know, once the season started, you realized that, you know, COVID was not the fear of this whole team. The whole fear of this team is the fact that this is all you're going to have, no matter who you substitute in, no matter what rookie is in a new position, um, that there's still going to be this, I don't know. There's still going to be an extra effort that needs to be given. That's never going to show up with this team. So you kind of just root for any kind of positive sign that they're um, starting to gel and that they're starting to figure it out. And even if they do put Alshon and Deshaun in there, whether it be for a snap or two, it's it only really matters on the on the plays where Carson wants to go deep. Because if he doesn't want to go deep, there's no need for them to be in there. You know, you can throw them in just like they. You know, the coaching staff is obsessed with throwing um, uh, Jalen Hurts in there for a play, whether it be to throw or whether to act like a decoy and be a runner or whatever. Um, I mean, it seemed like a great problem to have before even uh, the training season came up. But knowing that they didn't have their normal amount of time, now it just seems to me like a rushed distraction. And I don't think it's needed, but if they feel this need to show the world that they can uh capitalize on a trend of course i don't even think it's really a trend outside of the saints um then so be it but sometimes i think the front office overthinks a lot of things and i think they try so hard to be in the know but in the meantime they're sacrificing a lot of could be stars by not choosing them in the draft and it sets them up to look stupid when their schemes and strategies and whatever and play play calling uh becomes very um predictable once the season rolls on so every week that i tune in i'm usually about i always say on wednesdays i'm usually over any kind of disappointment i wasn't even really as disappointed as i thought i was more just like eh you know at least they look like they wanted to win that game but uh, once again the most frustrating part of the second half is they had chances where they could have at least took the lead you know, with Jake Elliott missing that three-pointer that probably could have pushed them ahead by a point, and maybe, maybe they wouldn't have had to work from, you know, down by 10 by the end of the game. They maybe would have came within a touchdown um, later if, if the Steelers had struck back. But either way, the point is, the kicker thing is starting to annoy me since, I think, a season ago. So I'm kind of glad to see that there's a rumor that supposedly the Eagles are bringing in um, I think some guy from a Canadian league or something to look at for a kicker. I guess for a backup in case they find out that, I don't know, Jake pulls a hammy or something, or maybe there's a reason why he keeps missing random kicks here and there. Because sometimes those random kicks are something that they could use later in the game 
um, even though it's only that one out of like the other three he makes, but that could have been an important three points that wouldn't have made them have to work so hard for the fourth quarter. But I looked at it this way. Any game at this point after that tie with the Bengals that's in regulation will be a blessing to this team. And knowing that this division is so messed up, especially after uh, now the Cowboys losing Dak to a very horrific ankle injury, even with Andy Dalton, as I nickname him, Angry Eyebrows, he, um, you know, he may not be reliable full time for the rest of the season. He may be a good look for now because he's somebody else to look at. But, you know, Dak wasn't really exactly having a horrible season. The problem was the defense kept letting them down, which is pretty much similar to what the Eagles are going through. The only difference is obviously Dak's stats are going to be way better than Carson's, but it doesn't really mean anything if he wasn't able to bring in a lot more wins or have a better record. So now that he's gone gone for the rest of the season, and who knows, the rumors are if Jerry Jones even wants to bother bringing him back with a new contract, because he could just be dancing around it now. Obviously, if you didn't sign the guy in the offseason when you had a chance to uh, negotiate back and forth, and then suddenly talks just kind of stopped and he was franchised, to me it just shows that maybe it might have been a full confirmation that Dak doesn't need to be a cowboy anymore. But we'll see. I mean, that could just be put out there just because it's something else to dangle. But um, I I, I think it's kind of obvious at this point that Jerry Jones might not be a factor or um, might be as much of a fan of Dak as he says he might be. Um, Because right now, you know, we all know that NFL is worried about their money. And uh, even when the most recent report that Mike Garofalo put on uh, NFL uh, Network today, talking about how basically even the front, the... um, Though the owners are still having a problem with believing that when the playoffs come around, they shouldn't have a bubble scenario because they don't feel like bubble scenarios will necessarily work for players that have been playing this long and only having minimal positive tests. But overall, they're obviously deciding that they don't believe that this will change any circumstances, knowing that some players are already positive. In my head, yes, you're lucky that maybe less than half the league has had a positive test at this point but knowing that they're popping up in little ways like a cardinal player here or Stafford there or you know a couple of titans there there and and then travel to the jets i think for a hot minute it's just you just don't know who else is going to get it next from some random encounter whether it be outside of their homestead or not and you know some guys could decide to go get some beer at a freaking convenience store and then come home with it you just never know but the fact that the owners are still having a problem with negotiating with uh, the commissioner about possibly, you know, hibernating whatever top teams are, are left in the playoffs just shows you how much the NBA was the most um, prepared organization to go through a whole um, upheaval, upheaval, excuse me, <clears throat> of the season by, you know, isolating these players up until playoff season where their family members could come in little by little. So I think the idea of the mental health of the players is basically what the NFL owners are using as an excuse to say they don't want the players to become distracted because they're without family around. I feel like that should have been something discussed way before the season started, but, you know, most of these owners don't seem to care about anybody but themselves. So let's be real. It's probably not probably not going to happen until at least 50% of the league is infected. Um, So right now it's just traveling its way through uh, college football. And so far today, uh, Nick Saban from 
University of Alabama has COVID now and, and somebody else, I think, on the staff. So I think he, he and his wife or something or somebody, I think, might have it together. But they're going to be quarantined. 19 players from the University of, of Florida now have it or Miami, excuse me. They have COVID. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before people who were boohooing it and making it sound like it was just this, you know, hoax for the summer and there's nothing going on, even though it's plainly still going on. Um, it's just going to be up to the commissioner to either decide to put his foot down and say, we're going to cut the season short and return back in the, in the new year, or he's just going to have whatever team left standing be the ones left standing to finish out the season and then maybe not even have playoffs until after uh, the start of the new year. Who knows? But, you know, here it is mid-October and everyone knew at this point that was the biggest risk with the NFL going ahead as planned is that they could run the risk of postponing games, which they already have at this point, and um, making the season longer. So it looks like it may even be more than 17 weeks of playing now. It might be 18 you know, and, and the Super Bowl might be in March for all we know. So it will be a lot of moving around. And I think that's probably the only exciting aspect about it is how will they finish the season? Um, but going back to the Eagles, basically, is as a fan, you just get to a point where you just kind of accept that this is how the whole team has been basically put together um, with some t- tape and staples and glue to keep uh, some of these rotating players on the roster. The only problem is without any kind of true break before having, you know, two to half, two and a half to three months of actual training, training camp and OTAs, a lot of these players are starting to injure early and showing how much they have not been able to stay focused and stay in shape in the off season. So Lane Johnson going down again, wasn't reassuring. Obviously he's going to be probably in and out like, Um, Jason Peters was in the beginning of this season. Um, Plus, he didn't obviously work on his weight because I think that's part of the problem uh, with why he kept popping in and out and why he hurts himself a lot easier now because whether or not when he was on surgery for a while, I think for either his knee or his Achilles, one of them, um, I don't think it's healthy for him to come back, you know, looking bigger than what he was before and then expecting to play, you know, right guard or left guard or left tackle because, you know, it was going to require a lot of moving around. And at some point, someone is going to make your body turn a certain way that your knee is not going to want to go, you know. And so that was the risk and how he took that bait because the rookie Dillard was not ready and then ended up having a pectoral injury, which took him out for the season. So no matter what, I think even how he tried to do with these players, um, karma just kept biting them in the butt no matter what. Um, and Carson is just that type of motivated person who will find any way week to week to make the game work, even if they don't actually win. So I would say that Pittsburgh to me is kind of that little glimmer of light that might be coming up with the offense, but you still can't hope. You still hope that the offense offensive line will find ways to protect him even more because if they can do it with Pittsburgh, they might have a good shot against the Ravens. Um, I'm just hoping that Carson can avoid too many more interceptions because I think that the patterns he's going into now is now that Ertz is no longer his main target, will he become more dependent on Travis? And then if Deshaun comes in, will he 
become a little bit more flustered when he can't get to Deshaun for whatever reason. Or if Alshon shows up, you know, and then kind of the whole rhythm of what he got used to for two weeks is going to be thrown off again. You know, I just hope that it doesn't throw uh, a wrench in what he's starting to slowly build with Travis. Because Travis had 10 catches for 150 plus yards. So homie was balling. But that was also the result of Ertz not being able to get to anything except for one catch. And, you know, like I said, Hightower only making maybe one or two catches that mattered, even though he had like two or three or four chances to really probably up the game even higher had he caught that one deep one in the end zone. But I think every wide receiver will have that one catch that they'll always remember to start off their career that they hope to never experience again because you never want to be that guy that's known to maybe that could have made the game if I had caught it, that type of thing. So I I can't, you can't crap on rookies because you just, they are learning the pace of the game. They're learning what it's like in the NFL to not have that same kind of protection of, you know, being beloved in college. So that reality is hitting them. But for my final thought, I'll just say that I'm not expecting them to beat the Ravens this Sunday, but I am expecting at least a little bit of fight. Um, I know the Ravens are just... (laughs) The next best thing but they luckily have been becoming more human with some of the the ailments to Lamar lately which is to be expected knowing that he is ridiculously fast and talented so his body is probably saying time out but I'm sure when game day comes and if there's fans he might feed off of that energy to shut all the crowd up so I'm expecting a good game. I love Lamar, so it's going to be hard to kind of root against him. But if Carson is locked in and doesn't allow any kind of last-minute jitters to mess with his whole flow early, then they have a shot to win. And they probably would win just because it seems like the one game that is just set up for them to fail. Um, Because Pittsburgh, I think a lot of people were kind of assured that they were going to lose. Um, But... They also had a shot of winning. So when there's no shot that they have any kind of thing going for the game, then you're kind of like, all right, I was right. But lately, it just seems like when they do put it together, there's always something that they do to themselves. And that's what's so exhausting about being a fan is watching them shoot themselves in the foot. But here's to Sunday. I mean, I'm a fan. I'm riding and dying. And lately, I've been dying a lot. But for a 1-3-1 and record... If they go 1-4-1, and one, I won't be shocked. But if they go up 2-3-1, and one, that'll be even more exciting. But, you know, the bar is very low. So, as us fans do, birds of a feather flock together. We're going to watch regardless. And uh, hopefully next time I pod, I will be with my buddy Eddie and we can discuss what we feel like this season is going to end up with as far as wins and losses. Although... I feel like now it doesn't really matter. It's just whatever team shows up and whoever catches the ball at the right time is basically going to be uh, the totality of this season. So, you know, it's next man up and it's put everything in it and hopefully come out with a W. But if you don't, just keep fighting. And that's basically what they can do. Keep fighting. Keep flying. Thanks for listening. If you were. This is AJ's Bird and Princess, Birds of a Feather. Talk to you guys soon. Stay positive, stay safe, and have fun. Take care.